Shalom, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the Mormon Kabbalah Podcast. We're on episode 9 here on the Mormon Kabbalah Podcast, and just a little bit of house cleaning here. Last week, I hope you enjoyed the sermon that I shared with you last week. I felt it was appropriate because, really, if you want to get down to what is Kabbalah all about, what is Kabbalah, the answer is love God and love thy neighbors. So I felt that that would be a good supplement since I couldn't record a podcast last week. With the coronavirus going around and everything shutting down, all seven of our children are staying at home currently, and that has changed the dynamics of things a little bit. We're now in a good rhythm, got things going a little more solidly, and it, I'm actually enjoying spending more time with the kids. I think that this is an excellent opportunity to look for the good in the things going on around us. We're not panicking. Yes, toilet paper apparently is something that is hard to come by here in the United States. When we went shopping, we were able to find enough to meet our family's needs. We don't necessarily need a year's supply of toilet paper. Although people do look at us like we're buying a year's supply when in reality we are a family of nine. So what may appear to be a year's supply to some people is just our weekly or monthly grocery shopping. But we're hanging in there really I think that this is a good opportunity, though. I know people think that when there's a pandemic happening, if you will, it's an opportunity to take advantage. And and there have been some people that have tried to do that. Let's, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be unrealistic here. But I have to say I'm I'm very impressed by the outpouring of love and help that I've seen people doing one to another, sharing the things that they have, making sure other people have the things that they need. Because that, that is the Christ-like service that God expects of us. So, as I'm reading the news, I'm actually thinking back to Lehi's prayer in the beginning part of chapter 1 of the Book of Mormon, where he is praying with all of his heart on behalf of his people. And it's wonderful to see that there are people out there doing that now, and not just praying, because prayer is a good start. But we pray and then we do. That's how God works. That's how God's will is accomplished. And I think that is an excellent transition into where we are currently in the Book of Mormon. We're in 1 Nephi. We're going to start in 159 RAV, 31 OPV. And just a quick reminder, RAV is the chapter and verses used by Community of Christ and their branch of the Restorational Latter-day Saint movement. And OPV is used by the Brighamites and the various other denominations that have come to accept this because it's just a very popular scripture. I always quote the RAV first because they stuck with the original chapters in the Book of Mormon. So if you're using an edition of the Book of Mormon that is not chaptered and versed, you'll be able to find things more readily looking at the RAV than the OPV. But the OPV is obviously the most popular within our movement because the most people use it regardless of denominations. So I always follow up with that one second. We ended last week with 159 REV, 31 OPV, and we're going to begin with it also. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, returned from speaking with Yavah to the tent of my fathers. And again, Yavah is how I pronounce Y-H-V-H. So Nephi's had this vision. 
Now he's coming back to the tent of his father, and his father says, starting in 160 RAV 32 OPV, And it came to pass that he spake unto me, saying, Behold, I have dreamed a dream, in the which Yavah hath commanded me, that thou and thy brethren shall return to Jerusalem. For behold, Laban hath the record of the Jews, and also a genealogy of thy forefathers, and they are engraved upon plates of brass. Wherefore, Yavah hath commanded me that thou and thy brothers should go into the house of Laban, and seek the records, and bring them down hither into the wilderness. And now, behold, thy brothers murmur, saying, It is a hard thing which I have required of them. But behold, I have not required it of them, but it is a commandment of Yavah. Therefore go, my son, and thou shalt be favored of Yavah, because thou hast not murmured. We have Nephi returning from his vision from God, and Lehi telling him to do something. There's a couple interesting things here. Looking at this from a mortal perspective, think about it like this. Imagine you go out and you have this vision. God comes to you and he shows you these amazing things. Then you come back to the tent of your father, a mortal human being, and he says, God wants you to go do this thing. How easy would it have been for Nephi to just say, man, I was just talking to God. God didn't tell me any of this. Why did he tell you? Why, why aren't you just the second witness that I need to do this? What, 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 I don't understand. So he has to humble himself. There's two sides to this. In one aspect, the Lord has told Nephi, hey, your father is, in fact, a prophet. And he's given him a reason to listen to that prophetic voice. But at the same time, that ego, that pride inside of him could say, I'm a prophet too, so I can get my own witness and God will tell me what to do. And in life, there's going to be times when the Lord's going to tell us what we need through someone else. And it's the Holy Spirit that will testify to us that those words are correct. So I think it's important for us to understand that even if we have amazing visions and amazing revelations, that doesn't make us someone that knows everything. So we've got to avoid that pride. And now let's take this inside. I am Nephi. I am Lehi. You are Lehi. You are Nephi these desires inside of us. The new desire returns back to the old desire. And he places this commandment, this assignment, this task to him. Because that's how desires are. They're, they're tied together like that. But the brothers are also descendants of Lehi. So our desires don't have to obey the previous desires. They can branch out. They can do their own thing. They're murmuring. They're saying this is a hard thing that their father Lehi is required of them. And Lehi is telling Nephi, hey, look, I'm not asking you to do this. This is Yavah. This is God. And why would God even ask us to do such a thing? Because when we leave Jerusalem, we don't go completely empty-handed. We need the records of our past desires, the genealogy of the forefathers. Now, it says here that he has the record of the Jews. I'm not saying that this is an incorrect translation, but I want to give you another way of looking at it. These are the people of Judea. And when we talk about the Jews, we generally forget that the Jews are not all literally from the tribe of Judah. There are Levites and and others. These are the people who came from that, that country of Judea. Israel, they say the 10 tribes of Israel went north. Well, that was the name of the country. It was Israel. And there's half to be 10 tribes in it. Well, there's 12 tribes. So obviously there's other people than just the descendants of Judah in Judea. So these aren't just the records of the Jews. 
These are the records that Joseph's people, Ephraim and Manasseh, found to be important. But because the law was given from Moses, obviously there's going to be records in there that aren't all just people who are descendants of Joseph. So there, there's some cross. We're, we're going to find this out later. He's going to tell us. Nephi is going to give us an idea of what's on the brass plates. And when you look at the books that are in there, they're not all going to be written by the descendants of Joseph. So now they've been assigned a task. Take these desires that don't want to go and go to the house of Laban and seek these records. And how many times does that happen to us? We know that something needs to be done. And there's that one part inside of us, that one desire that says, let's go do this. But then there's those other parts of us that are like, oh, yeah, I, I, I don't want to do that. It's a battle inside of us that we have to fight, that we have to go through. This is the temptation. This is the pride and ego that we have to move forward against. And if we have that light of Christ inside of us, if we have that pierced heart, the Lehi is going to see the Nephi and say, go and do and don't murmur. Because the things that we're going to take with us into the wilderness are the things that are necessary, the things that God wants us to have. And the scriptures, the word of God, is something that we need in the wilderness. And we're going to get into that more as we move forward. So this is important. And notice here, Lehi ends his statement with, Therefore go, my son, and thou shalt be favored of Yavah, because thou hast not murmured. Not because you did it, not because you tried, but because thou hast not murmured. God doesn't expect us to succeed at everything, but he does expect us to try. There are two camps that Satan tries to divide us into. And one is this idea that God expects too much from us, that we're given tasks that we can't do. And of course, that's a lie. I know there are people who say that God doesn't give us any tasks that we can't handle. I don't believe that's what those particular scriptures are actually saying. I do believe that God doesn't give us anything we can't handle without him, that doesn't mean that we aren't hit with things that we cannot handle on our own. And there's no shame in asking for help from our neighbors, from God. Then on the other side of the equation, you have this concept that if we can't do it, it's because we are not good enough, because we didn't try hard enough, because there's something wrong with us. And both of those are murmuring. If we're not able to do something, it's not because we don't have a good connection with the Lord. It's not because we're not trying hard enough. It's not because we're not good enough. Sometimes the question is just, will you try? Because remember, we have grace, and grace makes up the difference. Now, in this situation, we know that Nephi is going to succeed, and we're going to go over that. We're obviously going to talk about that. But there's been times in the scriptures and in history where the Lord has asked people to go and do something, and they think that what they did turned out to be a failure. Jonah is one of my favorite examples of this. But he was actually a success. His prophecy didn't come true because the people repented. So what this is saying here, I believe, is it's our attitudes that are important. So moving on to the next portion of this, we're going to get Nephi's response. Starting in 165 RAV, 37 OPV. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, said unto my father, I will go and do the things which Yavah hath commanded. For I know that Yavah giveth no commandments unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way for them that they may accomplish the thing which he commandeth them. And it came to pass that when my father had heard these words, he was exceedingly glad, for he knew that I had been blessed of Yavah. 
Now, I'm sure being a prophet, Lehi would have seen the light coming from Nephi, and that he could only say this because he too had had a spiritual experience. Now, again, we have this concept that God's not going to tell us to do something, except he's going to prepare a way to make sure that that thing will be accomplished. That is the attitude that we must have. We're going to go over the story, and I guarantee you, it's not going to go as smoothly as Nephi seems to be thinking it's going to right now. But Nephi is that positive voice inside of us, that we can do it. The voice that's not murmuring against God. We have to be careful and be aware of the difference between our human expectations and God's expectations. Now, like I said, we know that Nephi, spoil alert here, is going to go and they're going to obtain the plates of brass. But what if they didn't? What if they were given this commandment of Eva and they go out and they try and they try and they try until finally the only option left to them is to go home? Would that mean that Nephi failed? I submit to you that the answer is no, as long as Nephi does not murmur. Again, Lehi didn't say, go and do this and you'll be favored because you accomplished the task. He said, go and do this, and you'll be favored because you haven't murmured. The key words here aren't Nephi's statement that Yavah giveth no commandments unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way for them that they may accomplish that thing. The key here is, thou shalt be favored of Yavah because thou hast not murmured. God always will make a way, but that doesn't mean that that way is going to be exactly as you or I expect it to be. It will always be God's way. And we can't be like Jonah and get frustrated because things didn't work out the way that we think they should have. I mentioned Jonah twice now, so I'm going to share the scripture with you. So Jonah's told to go on a journey. And the very famous story is that he tried to go the other way. He didn't want to do what God wanted him to. So he gets in the boat, goes in the wrong direction, and there's a storm. They throw him overboard at his request because he knows this is happening because he's not obeying God's will. He's swallowed by a fish. The fish spits him out where he needs to be. And he goes and he, he preaches to these people and tells them they need to repent. So now in Jonah 3.10, it says, And God saw their works, speaking of the people that Jonah had preached to, that they were turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said he would do unto them, and he did it not. So in chapter 4, verse 1, it says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. So he says a prayer, and he lets God know, I'm upset about this. So Jonah goes out of the city and sits down and makes himself a shelter and sits under it in the shadow because he wants to see what's going to happen to the city. And God prepares a gourd. And this gourd grows up so that it has a shadow and delivers Jonah from his grief. And so now Jonah is very happy about this gourd. But God prepared a worm, and it kills the gourd. And so the next day, when the sun rises, it's very, very hot. And Jonah is faint from the heat. He just wants to die. And he says, it's better for me to die than to live. And God says to Jonah, dost thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. So he's so hot and he's so miserable, he'd rather just die. He says he'd be better to die than to live. So God comes to him and asks him, you know, well, why are you angry about this? Why are you angry at the gourd? And God asks him, does it do you any good to be angry at that gourd? And he says, you know, you feel sorry for the gourd, which you didn't make. 
you didn't make it grow, perish in the night. And he says, and should not I spare that great city? So these people have repented. And Jonah's upset because God's not spiting them anymore. It didn't go the way he said it would. He prophesied it would, except that it did. He was looking at it from his own finite perspective, a flawed perspective. Sometimes the destination is the journey itself. It's not in this particular story, but not every story is written to literally express exactly what's going to happen to us. So we have to look at the smaller details. And if you're going to take anything from this podcast today, that's what I'd like for you to take from this. It's great to be positive. We definitely shouldn't murmur. But we have to understand that whatever happens is God's will. And that is how it should be. That is how it will be. So we don't murmur about the task. And we also don't murmur when it doesn't happen the way we expect it to. There are so many stories of people who have deep relationship with God. Prophets in the scriptures, regular everyday people in today's society. And they get frustrated when... They hear the voice of the Lord telling them something. They assume it's going to happen a certain way, and it doesn't. And this is something I've fallen pervy to. This is something that, that I've been through. So when I was younger, back when I was in high school, uh, what feels like a lifetime ago now, I had to drive myself and my siblings to school. I didn't like it. I didn't want to do it. It was something that, it, it was a chore that needed to be done. And I was not very happy with my car mainly because it leaked a lot of oil. So not only did I have to constantly fill up the gas tank, but I always had to put oil in it as well. So one day I'm driving to school and I see this car. I need to turn left at the next turn and I see this car driving on the street that I'm about to turn onto towards the road that I'm on. And the Holy Spirit came to me. I heard the voice of God tell me, voice of the Holy Spirit tell me, the woman driving that car is going to run the stop sign and hit you. And I had two reactions at the exact same time. The first was, oh, I should stop so that I don't get hit. And the second was, I'm getting a new car because I was young and I was foolish and I didn't understand that insurance wasn't really a functional thing and that they don't really pay for you to get a new car. They just give you as little money as possible and go on their merry way. So I just kept driving like I normally would. She ran the stop sign, the car skidded over, and then the consequences came. And the consequences were that if my sister would have been in the car with us, there's a very real chance that she would have been badly hurt because of where the car was hit. And it was a miracle that she was at home because she had everything set and ready to go. But something happened that she couldn't go to school and she couldn't ride with us and she had to go late. And she was crying and she was a mess because she, she didn't want to be late for school. And she tried everything she could to not be late. And at every turn, she was thwarted because God knew that I wasn't going to stop that car. He knew that this was a life lesson for me. My youngest brother is mentally and physically challenged. And so when the ambulance got there to check him out, it hit me that he really didn't understand what was going on. And he couldn't properly communicate if he wasn't well. Because of the force of the impact, the engine dropped out of the car, basically. It was still in the car, but if you shook the car, it was obviously not attached anymore, and it could have fallen out at any moment when driving down the road. So it was just a dent in the door. And technically, I mean, I'm sure they probably would have considered it total just from the dent in the door, but it made the car undrivable. But I still had to drive it because I didn't have any other car. And thankfully, 
the engine didn't fall out while I was driving it. And I got $500, and it was not enough to buy a new car. So I was just without a car. Now, I, I didn't murmur through any of that. I made my choice. The Holy Spirit told me it was going to happen, and I chose poorly. But the Lord did prepare a way out for me. I was able to obtain another car, and that car had no problem whatsoever with oil leaks. But it was a gas guzzler, and it took twice as much gas to fill up the tank. Yeah, it, it just drank gasoline. That was a, it was a problem. It was a very expensive car for me. It would have been much cheaper just to put oil in the other car. Now, I had murmured about the old car. I had murmured about the fact I didn't like it. I wasn't thankful for what I had. But what I had was the way that the Lord had prepared for me to get to school and take my siblings to school. So that's a little bit of Laman and Lemuel in me. And after being humbled, hopefully a little Nephi, it's important to understand that when we don't think we're doing good enough, that's not God talking to us. Now, there are times when God does come to us and, and you know, we may feel God's wrath or, he, or we may feel a prompting from the Spirit letting us know we could do better. But self-doubt, that's not God. Don't worry about what the way is. Don't worry about how the outcome should be according to our human finite thoughts. But go and do the best you can, and we will be favored if we do not murmur. And understand that God is going to prepare a way to accomplish the thing that we've been asked to do. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be accomplished the way that we thought. I genuinely thought I was getting a new car. And I didn't, because I didn't understand. The lesson that I learned was that when the Holy Spirit speaks, I should listen. Years later, I was in a situation where I was asked to give someone a ride. And I pulled into the spot where I was supposed to drop them off. And the Holy Spirit just came over me and said, leave now. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll just drop this person off and I'll be out of here. And the Holy Spirit said, no, don't stop the car. Don't let anyone out. Leave now. And I just turned around and left. And I said, I, I don't know what's going on, but this is what I told them. As you know, I'm a very religious person. And I just felt the Spirit telling me not to let you out of here. And, and I don't know what's going on. And you don't have to tell me what's going on. But I'm not going to take you somewhere and I'm not going to drop you off anywhere that the Spirit is telling me not to. So I can take you somewhere else or I can take you back to where I met you and you can get someone else to give you a ride. But this is, this is where we are. And I found out later that if I would have dropped this person off, what would have happened next would not have been good. And because I would have dropped that person off there, being 18 at the time, I would have been legally accountable. So two completely different situations. One where I didn't stop, I didn't listen, and the Lord knew I wasn't going to. He prepared a way to teach me a lesson that kept my sister safe, that my brothers turned out to be okay, and I did get a new car, but with a lesson that I needed to learn. God didn't prepare the way I expected him to, but he prepared the way for me that he knew I needed. He knew that without that first experience, the second experience would not have turned out as well. And that's, that's my experience. I cannot guarantee that everyone else's experiences are exactly the same. But I just want to share that as an example of 
God blessing me in my life in a way that isn't the perfect scenario. Everything isn't always going to be roses, wonderful, perfect. And sometimes we have to go through things to help prepare us for other things that we're going to have to go through. But at the end, the choice is still up to us. I could have not listened the second time. I could have not learned my lesson. I could have followed the Laman and Lemuel inside of me. The Lehi inside of me was saying, listen to the Lord, don't murmur. And thankfully, I chose to follow the Nephi inside of me and listen to that still small voice. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Therefore, go, my son, and thou shalt be favored with Yivah, because thou hast not murmured. It's not the why, it's not the how. It's the perception. That's what we're here to change. To abandon egoism, pride, and sin. And to see things as God sees them. And as it says over and over again in Genesis 1, God looks at the creation and says, it is good. So, I'm going to leave you with two questions today. And the first question is, what is God asking of you? What is God commanding you to do in your life today? How has he prepared you for your journey with him to do to fulfill this commandment? And are you setting finite, unrealistic expectations? Or are you having faith in the Lord to ensure that his outcome is what we're desiring and not the outcome of our mortal, finite human hearts. And my second question is, will you go and do the things which Yuvah has commanded? Will you do these things? I ask you the first question first because God is asking us all to do a variety of things. But we have to recognize the request before we can go and do. So what is it that he's asking you to do? And are you doing it? And as you're doing it, are you murmuring? If you are, I recommend you stop. And if you're not, then you shall be favored of Yavah. But I also want to tell you that you are favored of Yavah because he entrusts you with the commandment in the first place. So what we're really being asked to do is to live up to that status, to see ourselves as God sees us. To understand, not in a prideful way, but in a humble way. In a way that expresses the love that we have in our relationship with God. That we are favored. We are special to Him who created us. Our Creator. And I leave that with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And finally, before we wrap up here, I do want to remind you that this podcast is a labor of love. And it does require love to keep this labor going. So I would ask that if you're enjoying this podcast, please rate us. We'd appreciate five stars. Write a review. Uh, once we start getting some reviews or I start seeing the reviews, I will read them during this portion or maybe at the beginning. Either way, I'll read them. Let other people know about the podcast. Share it with your friends. Join us on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com, type in Mormon Kabbalah, and we'll pop up. I don't think there's a, a lot of Mormon Kabbalah groups out there. But if you can't find us, then you can always go to the website, mormonkabbalah.com. And there's a link there in the main menu at the top of the page. It says Facebook group. Just click on that. And if you have the resources to donate, help us out financially, please sign up for Patreon because we could use your help. Whatever it is you can do to help us let people know about this podcast we really appreciate it. We really appreciate you listening to this podcast. 
So we'll see you again here next week. Until then, shalom and God bless.